You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 219. Today's episode answers the question, is it time to throw in the towel or get re-inspired? So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Monday edition of the Mind Your Business Podcast. How are you doing? Happy Monday! Assuming you're listening to this on a Monday, I got a very special episode for you today because I had a very wonderful, lengthy interview slash discussion with a good friend of mine, Miss Christy Turley. She is a brilliant marketer, brilliant entrepreneur and business owner. And just to get right into it, one of the big things that came out of this episode is a question or a topic or a thought that lingers in so many people's minds when maybe they start to get like tired, bored, burnt out in some aspect of their business. In fact, working with one of my high-level clients recently, as he reflected on his past 12 months, he was describing how one of his offers felt really heavy. And the mistake that I think most people make is they go, oh, it feels heavy. It feels like it was an uphill battle. It was so stressful. It was so much hard work. And they say, so I'm going to just give it up, throw it away, take it out in the trash and not do it anymore. I like to say, hold on, because you take your stuff with you wherever you go. And what I like to challenge and push back on people is, does this thing feel heavy? Does this offer, you know, does your course feel heavy? Does this funnel feel heavy? Does this launch feel heavy? Or is it something more specific about that? And more importantly, is it some thinking, some thought or some belief in your mind that has it appear as feeling heavy. And as we dug into that for this individual, we found that it wasn't necessarily the offer, but it was how much pressure he had been putting on himself for the responsibility of the members and their results, their action taking. And he was really taking that on. And that's something that a lot of us tend to do. The more we care, it's like the curse of caring. The more we care, the more we tend to find ourselves taking that on. And so that became heavy. As soon as we let that go, as soon as we got that off his shoulders, the offer began to feel light again. Interesting. And that's what you're going to see a theme of here in today's episode with Christy, a very successful business, especially on paper, that began to feel heavy. How she questioned, and you kind of hear this whole thought process, was like, is it time to give it up? Is it time to sell it? Is it time to get rid of it? And the process she went through to get re-inspired. What a great time of year to have a conversation like this. Because if you're not continually getting re-inspired about what you're doing, how long before you burn out? How long before that flame of your passion fizzles and is snuffed out? And then how are you supposed to create then? How are you supposed to do your best work when everything feels heavy and 
all the coffee and motivational videos on YouTube in the world won't get you to do what you need to do. So let me introduce you to Christy Turley. So Christy Turley is a multi-passionate entrepreneur that has sold over a billion dollars in products and services. She owns a marketing agency called Thrive Marketing and a physical product called Epic Matcha. She's a wife and a mom, and she's a really good friend of mine. And I cannot wait to have you hear her interview with me. So without further ado, let's play that tape right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with my good friend, Christy Turley. Christy, how you doing? Great. Thanks, James, for having me. Thank you for taking the time to be here. I know we've talked about doing this episode for some time, so I'm, I'm glad we finally get to have a chat. Yeah, I'm excited. So one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to have you on the show, as you guys will quickly discover, Christy's amazing. She's a super successful entrepreneur. She's not an entrepreneur who's got some, which is, wouldn't be wrong or bad if it is, but she's not here with some like, you know, I'm going to wave a magic wand and heal you of all, your, <laughs> of all your problems, magic formula, and she's here to teach it. We're here to have a conversation today about how Chrissy has applied more mindfulness, more spirituality. We're going to have an energy conversation as well today into her business. So I wanted to start there and just, I know I've already done a bio about you to our listeners, but I'd love for you to introduce yourself a little bit and just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Yeah. So I started in digital marketing and marketing in general, almost two decades ago as a 19 year old in college. And I had a lot of experience working in multi-million dollar companies from a very young age. And I I've lost count, but I've seen inside over a thousand businesses, probably more on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So I've, I've seen a lot of different business models, met a lot of entrepreneurs over the years. Um, my husband and I have owned and operated streamlined, bought, sold eight different businesses in different markets from services to brick and mortar to physical product, e-commerce businesses to uh, information businesses. So, you know, to say that I not only, you know, help and coach entrepreneurs wouldn't be telling the whole story because we've actually lived and breathed, you know, our own advice. So there's nothing that I would tell someone to do that I wouldn't be willing to do myself. Mm -hmm. And I really love finding that one thing or that one change that will create an amazing breakthrough in a business. And mm. I've done that over and over in the last 15 years of owning my agency, Thrive Marketing, and working with multi-million dollar brands. And, you know, I just, I love marketing. I live and breathe it. When my husband and I are, are going out to lunch or dinner, usually we're talking about, you know, there's sometimes personal stuff, like how's the, how are the kids doing? But a lot of times we're talking about business strategy because it's so dang fun, yeah. you know, or we're talking about so-and-so clients or, you know, friend and, and how we could help them or what we see or the insight that we see. Yeah. I just, I love using my innovative ideas to just find that one thing or several things that can make a huge difference in a business. So yeah, that's a little bit about, about me. I also have two beautiful children, two girls, 
two and a half year old and an eight month old. So we have a pretty busy household. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. And that you were telling me that about the same time that we met about three years ago was the first time you really heard about energy work or energy healing. Is that true? Like that was your whole like first introduction? Yeah, totally true. And it's opened my life way up. And yeah, growing up, it just wasn't acceptable to really talk about anything other than, you know, the prescribed, you know, religious conversation. And even then, we really didn't talk about anything spiritual at all. I mean, yeah, we might have gone to church, but there's a lot of there's a lot of difference between being religious and being spiritual. You know, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but they're very different things. And so, yeah, energy work has just really opened up a lot, both in my personal life and in my business and being able to help our clients. I do, I do remember I have to tell the story. Oh, please don't. Yeah, you, yeah I, like this is the thing I'll always remember about you, unfortunately. But um, Christy was on, was on a hot seat and like she asked a question in front of a group of like super successful people. But there's also a group that like they're heavy into the woo. Like they've integrated this a lot, which it's always awesome to meet people and what they're what they're doing and their different modalities for healing and coaching. And like the first thing you said when you asked your question is like, and please don't just tell me that the answer is I need to go meditate more. And I just like, I, I was cracking up inside. I was dying because I, I love that. Like, like meditation and mindfulness is, is important to me, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting that it kind of like, but don't tell me that that's your advice to me. You know what I mean? Uh, well, sometimes the things that we're most resistant to are the things that we need the most. Do you feel like you were just resistant to that or you just didn't want, like, were you resisting that or you just already knew that that was a part of your daily routine and you just didn't want someone to tell you something you already knew? Yeah, I I don't think I was resistant to it at the time. I had been, but I, you know, in the past, but I... I don't think at that point in time I was resistant to it. I think I just didn't want a bunch of woo answers. I wanted some actionable advice. Sure. Like, I already know about the meditation. Don't tell me about that. Like, <laughs> tell me what you think I should do. Yeah. And, yeah. So, so what, I mean, so like today then, like what is your, like you've had a ton of success. You've sold eight businesses now, you said? Either bought and streamlined and then sold them or kept them. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so, and then some of them didn't work out so great either. So, and that's okay. It's like, if you're not failing, you're not moving forward. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, we've, one of these businesses, I guess we'll talk about it in a minute, but that really has led to a huge transformation in my life as well. So, yeah. And I definitely do want to get into that. So how do you see like, I mean, just to put it in terms, like if we were to look at like this division of a line between like, all right, strategy and action, we could call it the masculine and then the energy, the spirituality, the attraction, the feminine, these two sides, like where are you now with your relationship with those, with those two halves? I guess if we, that's the only way I can describe it. Like, is there an integration of both? Is it like one and then the other? Like, how are you experiencing both of that now in your business? So that's a very interesting question. I, so 
personally, I feel like I've balanced those two out. I don't feel like it's always been the case. Mm -hmm. I feel like in the past, especially with two of my businesses, I've, I've been in really like do mode. Yeah. There's strategy and planning. I I tend to see strategy and planning as more feminine personally. I don't know what you feel about that, but like tactics and just doing things and like implementing and like, you know, getting things to work and getting things to make sales. And, you know, that, that tends to be a little more masculine. And then the engagement side is a bit more feminine and the branding and the, you know, all the, the soft, the soft things. So I think it's a little of both. Right. And definitely on the feminine side of things is, is just being open to other ways of doing things besides like just your first your first hit. Like I am a very intuitive person. Um, did you always feel like that or is that, did you always feel that way or is that something recent? I've always felt that way. It's like, it's one of my superpowers. I can just look at a room and get the feeling of a room. If I'm up presenting, I can tell like where I need to go next. Like I, I have felt like, especially going into people's businesses, looking at their analytics, looking at their stories, you know, analytics is more masculine, stories is more feminine, looking at all the qualitative and quantitative data and being able to just like mesh it all up together and just know what to do. I feel like that is being intuitive, you know, Mm -hmm. just knowing rather than being able to pick apart why you know something. And trusting, trusting what you know. Than uh, being open to guidance or divine guidance. Okay, so you're saying those are those are different. I feel yeah, I feel like they are because one could become ego driven, like I just know. Oh, so like stubborn, kind of like yeah, like like I've seen all the data. I just know. I just know this is the right thing to mm-hmm. do, and that could be more ego driven versus being open energetically to, you know, higher wisdom and what is that you might not be able to see. And what does that look like for you to be open energetically? Like, how do you do that? Personally, how do you do that? So, yeah. So one of the energy practices that I learned from working with an energy healer the last two, three years since we met in just mastermind is, you know, starting out your day and just saying like this particular phrase. So, and this particular phrase is phrased a certain way because it melts down any resistance you might have. So, you know, how affirmations like I am this, like you could in your head think, Oh, I don't believe that. Yeah. You know, like there could be a little resistance there. So it's phrased into a, how would it feel statement? So how would it feel to be balanced? and then kind of let your energy shift a little bit. How would it feel to be grounded and really picture yourself being grounded and wait for the energy to shift a bit. And then there's this other phrase that I think is really powerful as well, because this helps to tell your ego to go sit on the sideline. Thank you for sharing, but like (laughs) go sit over there and just watch me. Okay. And that's the statement. It's how would it feel to let go of blame, shame, pride, fear, punishing, and replace that with, 
And then you name some positive opposites, whatever you feel like sharing, like love, gratitude, like all of those high vibration emotions. And that can shift your energy very, very quickly. So like before I get on a call or before I start a day, if, if I've had a tough situation, you know, and I just feel like I'm not myself and I'm kind of in the, oh, blame or, you know, like, I, oh, I can't believe I did that. That's punishing. I find those phrases are kind of like the catch-all. Like you could name any negative emotion and they're pretty much going to go into those categories. And so I learned that from one of my mentors and I've found that to be really, really powerful to do. And that's just like a quick thing that you can do. I, I love that because I can see how that isn't like an affirmation that the ego or, or your conscious mind would, or some part of you would want to reject or object to. It's just getting you to use your imagination a bit to say, well, what would that feel like? What would that look like? So is this, this is something that you try and do like most, most days is like part of your morning routine. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times I'll do it multiple times during the day. It just depends on the situations that I'm going into and the types of interactions that I've had. But I find that if I'm in this high vibration state that anybody who's not matching that just tends to go away. Like I've had canceled calls and things like that. I'm like, Hey, maybe they're zigging while I'm zagging and that's totally fine. You know? Right. And so, yeah, I've found that it really helps to keep myself in that state so that I can attract the types of relationships and helpful people and interactions that I really want. From what I'm hearing too, it sounds like you really have a sense of faith or trust that if you keep your personal alignment and your emotional state where you want it, then everything else is just going to either align or fall away. Right. Exactly. It's really like I, you know, there was an exercise that Victoria, she's in our mastermind did like at the same time I joined the mastermind three years ago. And it was this, you know, if you were on a desert desert island and you were dying and there was a young person there, what's the one piece of advice that you would tell them? And that's like a really good reflection, you know, exercise. Yeah. The thing that came to my mind was sweat the small stuff, you know, as, as opposed to don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's so true because I love this idea of these small and simple things that you can do that make this huge impact. You know, I remember in college, I I did a a speech in my public speaking class about random acts of kindness and just how a simple smile or a simple gift can have this huge ripple effect. And so I feel like it's something I've been kind of obsessed with my whole life. Like maybe that's my message that I need to share. And that's really what I've been rediscovering recently. I love that. So focusing on the, the little things, it's like the little things are the big things. Little things are the big things and yeah. the, and your decisions determine your destiny. Mm, I love that. Well, one of the things I definitely want to get into is, uh, as we were talking before, actually a few times, you've gone through something that I think every single entrepreneur goes through. I know I've experienced it, but a loss of passion, like passion is like this flame and it can get like, it can be this huge roaring fire that just like fuels you to create and do. And then it can be like as finical as a candle in the wind and be snuffed out. And you feel like all the wind in your sails has been blown out and you 
don't even have a enough motivation to open the laptop. And so I know you had an experience of, of losing some passion with one of your projects and then being able to rediscover it, which I think most people don't do. Let's get into that. Can you share a little bit about that story? Yeah. So back about four years ago, I started this amazing company after a visit to Japan called Epic Matcha. And there were some reasons why I fell in love with that idea. I could have sold anything. I could have sold lipstick or shoes or whatever, right? It's like, but why matcha, right? And, you know, when it first started out, it, it was this beautiful little blossom, right? And then as the company began to grow, it became very much like doing and let's systematize this. And it got to the point where, you know, it's all good, right? But we had 40,000 unique visitors coming to our site, purely organic traffic. We had systematized everything to the point that it only required like two to four hours of my time and or my husband's time. Everything else was handled by the team. And it became, you know, more about selling, you know, just let's sell, let's sell, let's sell. Like discount, sell. You know, and this is a physical product, right? It's it's matcha green tea mm -hmm. from Japan and China. And so, you know, it came to a point where sometime last year, you know, I'm pregnant with our second daughter and I'm telling Jared, I think we need to sell the company. Like, I, it was almost like I wanted to get rid of it. Like, I felt like this. there's this new bundle of joy coming and it was just one more thing to think about. And so we started to have conversations with potential buyers and they started asking us questions like, okay, how many visitors? And you know, what's your overhead? Which was like, you know, a couple thousand dollars, like really nothing like for, you know, making tens of thousands of dollars per month. It was like small, small, small. Right. And like after one of these conversations, the, the buyer actually on the phone said, why are you selling this? It sounds like it's a really good business. And Jared and I looked at each other after we hang out and was like, why are we selling this? So we decided not to sell it. And it just kind of sat there on the shelf until, you know, after my daughter was born and I started to unpack it again. Like, why did we want to sell this? And it was really because I fell out of love with it. Like I, somewhere along the way, I lost why it was that we wanted to start it in the first place. And it was this idea of this like mystical green powder, this tonic, this magical green drink that I found in Japan. And it wasn't the first time I found it. I found it over a decade ago when a friend gave me a sample of it and I was totally intrigued. But when we went to Japan with family, it was like matcha was trying to get my attention. And so as a joke, we were like thinking, wouldn't it be cool if we brought it back and, and shared it with others in the US who would definitely fall in love with it like we have. And that's, that's when we started the company. And during that time, you know, life, life had some challenges and life was teaching me the hard way how to slow down. You know, ever since college, I mentioned earlier, you know, I've been a super achiever, you know, just building my career, shooting to the tops of companies, helping them bring in millions of dollars, no big deal. Like <laughs> that's what I was doing. And I just didn't feel fulfilled. Like there was something missing. 
And so I sat in, in stillness and I, I still felt resistance. That's where the <laughs> resistance to meditation came in. Right. It's like, oh, oh, I don't it, like this. It's no. almost right. It's almost like as if as if you do slow down and you do sit in that silence, you're gonna have to listen for the thing that you're ignoring. Right. That you don't want to hear. That you don't want to hear. Open to hearing, right? Right. And the thing that I didn't want to hear was, you know, I was trying to fill a void. And you were movement was trying to fill a void. Got it. Yeah. And it just wasn't working anymore. It wasn't enough. And so I remember sitting in a mastermind and someone said, Oh, maybe you need to have a baby. I wanted to slap her. I was like, no, that's <laughs> not it. <laughs> because I I really, you know, I felt like, how could I succeed in both my career and my home? Like mm. I just years of thinking that I would never be a perfect mom. And so that was actually what I heard when I sat in the stillness. And so we decided to try. Before you keep going, can I just dig in there yeah. a little bit? So, so you had this, this story or belief that you didn't think you'd be a good mom. Was it because you didn't think you'd be able to balance the work and of being an entrepreneur and a business owner and being a mom? Or was it something else? Yeah, I think it was probably a little bit of social pressure, like seeing my friends who were full-time moms uh, yeah. and, you know, they're making Pinterest crafts and, you know, looking at the Instagram feed and seeing the things that they're doing. And then, you know, sitting around with friends and hearing of all the things that they're doing with their children and, you know, the picture perfect life. And I'm just like, it's <laughs> not going to happen. Like it's not going to be both. And then, you know, just growing up with wonderful examples of mothers who would pack the school lunch and things like this. And I'm like, no, like, I don't think that that's going to interest me. I just don't think mm. <laughs> that I can do it. And, you know, I, I had always felt like, you know, if we do have kids, I'm definitely going to need some help. Like, I, I just, I feel like I would be a little bored. Like, you know, I just love the creativity and the strategy of being in business, but guess what? You can have creativity and strategy in your family as well right. <laughs> and, and parenting and things like that. So yeah, I think it was a little bit about comparing myself to others or seeing, you know, perfect moms doing it perfectly. And I think it's the perfect lie. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It's like, well, you saw the perfectly manicured pictures on Instagram. That's right. what you see. Yeah. I think we all do that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, okay. So this was running in the background and then what? Continue. Yeah. So then we decided to try to start a family and for seven years, like I haven't met anyone who's gone through seven years of infertility. I still haven't met that person, but it was so difficult. It was just this emotional roller coaster. We tried everything you can think of from Eastern medicine, you know, acupuncture to Western medicine specialists. And our final attempt was to invest in a very invasive procedure, IVF. And that we knew that that was going to come with even more physical and emotional challenges. So we did that and it didn't work at first. And I and my husband, we just felt a tremendous sense of loss and it almost felt unbearable. And to make things worse, 
my doctor told me that it was my fault because I was too stressed out. Mm. And I spiraled into a depression. So did my husband, Jared. And we sought comfort in indulging our senses, Netflix, rich foods, Mm -hmm. diet soda, things like that. And then something started to open up. I started to listen to my intuition. Like one day I was doing some research on depression and infertility. And an ad popped up for a doctor who was only five minutes away. And I was like, how could I have never seen this person before? Like, you know, in my searches, like this person was like five minutes away. So my gut told me to see this doctor and I just had a sense of hope rush over. And so when we met with the doctor, I asked him my question. I said, was this all my fault? And he's like, no. And he looked at me with the most caring eyes and he's like, Christy, women in war zones have babies all the time. It's not your fault. And <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so, so after that, I, I made one simple change in my life and I let my intuition lead the way. And mm. I, I opened up my heart. I sat in the stillness. I mean, I'd already had my heart wrenched <laughs> for seven years, you know, and I, I just, I made that change and it made it all more bearable. And after that, you know, first try with this doctor, we, we were pregnant. Wow. And, and at that same time, that was when we gave birth to our other creation, Epic Matcha. So two children now, this doctor's two for two. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think this can be helpful for people because, you know, whatever they want to create, in my case, it was a family and, and this other business, right, with, with Epic Matcha. But it, it starts with a daily ritual. It starts with being able to sit in silence, listen to your heart, listen to the divine guidance is trying to get through. And that's what can lead you to a greater purpose. When we, when we feel drained, we don't have much to offer others or ourselves. And I think as women, that tends to be a trend is we often find ourselves putting others first, Mm. a lot of times before ourselves. And I know that's not peculiar to women, right? Men do that too. But I think for the most part, it's more of a thing that women do. And uh, yeah, so when your cup is full, you know, you have more to give. And, And that's all about, you know, making sure that you're in a positive frame of mind, that you're raising your vibration, that you are partaking in self-care and taking care of yourself and also acknowledging yourself and expressing gratitude for yourself, you know, and giving yourself credit. Well, Uh, well, I think flight attendants got it right when they gave us the best advice of all is put the oxygen mask on yourself first before assisting little ones. Yeah, exactly. And then only then can you be in a position where you can give to others in a way that doesn't detract from yourself. You can give to others from your overflow of your cup rather than, you know, if you're just running on empty, it's hard to give. So going back to this message of slowing down, which I'm a huge fan of, even when it, even from a, the left brain, like physical masculine side, you know, we both know from scaling, like it takes slowing down if you want to speed up the, the scalability of your business. But just in this overall, this message of slowing down, do you feel like that's really a prerequisite to be listening to your intuition? Like, like if you were just moving so fast, you just couldn't even hear what needed to be said. Yeah. 
Well, a couple of things that you said, and I, I love the slowing down, like from the military, we get slow as smooth and smooth as fast. And even in business, it's like stepping back, seeing the whole picture, you know, strategizing and then deciding where to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that idea. But like, I don't know that I don't think it's a prerequisite per se. But at least like mentally slowing down. Like, I, I think I think yeah, if people yeah, are. I think, I think what how I would put it is that is in this way. It's like if you're in go, go, go mode and you are distracted by notifications on your phone constantly, mm-hmm. just think about your notifications on your phone for a second. Like, how does that hijack your brain? Yeah. How many times have you gone to your phone to do something specific? And then you look at the notifications and you're like, wait, what was I going to go do? <laughs> so many times. So oh my gosh. in that instance, yeah, you got to remove some distractions. Mm-hmm. You've got to slow down. You've got to find some inner peace as well. Because if you're doing all these things to fill a void like I was, you're doing them for the wrong reasons and you're becoming, you know, misaligned. And that void never gets filled. And the void never gets so filled. Or those, those things will never fill that, right. that void. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's about finding your passion and the things that really come naturally to you as well. Yeah, and so it starts with you, mm-hmm. you know? It's these small things. Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. It starts with you. Yeah. It starts with these little things, these small and simple things that can create an epic life. With some epic matcha. With some epic matcha. <laughs> so, and our- in our epic ritual box. <laughs> tell, tell me a little bit more about, like, because I think everyone, again, has had this experience of having passion for something and then losing it. I have my own theories on why people lose passion for things. You had your specific example, which if you guys hearing, you know, the things that it sounded like, the things you started focusing on were the things that were not the things that you were necessarily passionate and excited about. It became more like masculine and almost like robotic of like, here's the systematizing and the doing and the, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you got it back. And I think so many people just give up or go change directions or make a major life pivot, which I always look at those things and I'm like, those are some big drastic decisions. I had someone ask me on my podcast, they interviewed me like, what is like one of the biggest leaps of faith you've taken in your business? And I'm like, I don't take big leaps. I don't think you, I mean, I just, for myself personally is all I can speak to, but like, you know, I don't think I need to like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to go 180 degrees in the opposite direction, do something completely different. It's more like, what's that next step in that next move. And I just, I just love the fact that you didn't say, okay, well, I'm not passionate about this. So I'm just going to pack it up and blow it up and go do something completely different. You actually investigated and sat with it for a moment and found a way to re be re-inspired by it. Yeah. I mean, I almost did. Right. We were, but yeah, it was in the reflection. It was about asking the right questions. And some of those questions came from the potential buyers and it was like, yeah, why are we doing this? What is exactly the motivation? And then coming back to it, you know, like I couldn't write then because I was about to have a baby, but coming back to it and, and saying like, okay, we kept it. You know, we didn't sell it. Now, why? You know, why is it? And, you know, really the whole process that I've gone through is, you know, kind of taking my own medicine in a way, like 
consulting with clients and things like that and helping them, you know, find a spark in their business that reignites the growth and going back to the beginning and really looking at what that origin story was and why did I fall in love with it? If I could have picked any product, you know, why did I pick matcha? Why did I start this? And what has developed out of that is really more than just selling, you know, a product, it's, it's selling an experience and it's so much more multidimensional now before it seemed very one-dimensional kind of one note sell on Amazon, sell mm. on e-commerce and, you know, matcha properties are the same, you know, no matter who you buy your matcha from. Right. So it's like, what's the differentiator? What's the big thing? And it was probably like part of that answer was being more visible. And for a lot of years, I didn't really want to have any visibility, you know, and I knew that that was going to require, you know, putting more of my own personal story and personal passion into the business. And what's come out of that is something I could have never imagined at the beginning of this transformation, like no idea, like, <laughs> but it was trusting in that process and sitting down and writing and, you know, just feeling the words flow as opposed to trying to write an email sequence, you know, and trying to make it all like persuasive and, you know, how you're supposed to do it and just letting the words flow and finding that true voice, that true message for this product, the thing that made me fall in love with it. Hmm. Couple of things I want to talk about there. Cause this is, this is great. The first thing I'm hearing is when you experienced it as being just one dimensional, like it was successful, was making money, people were loving the product, it was working, but it felt one dimensional because it was just about selling it. There didn't seem to be much like passion there. But when you put more meaning and intention back into it, this being about an experience which you haven't really gone into yet, which I think we should talk a little bit more about in a moment about, about the, the matcha, you know, ritual, which I find very fascinating. I think our listeners will as well, but it became very multidimensional and it, it sounds like that's really a big piece of what reigniting the passion. So this fascinates me because I think people from the outside looking in start to put all uh, most entrepreneurs and, you know, people that want to be an entrepreneur and just most people in general are putting all this meaning and story and attachment to money and sales as if that will like solve all their problems and finally make them happy. And here you were with a very successful business that even people that wanted to buy it from you were like questioning, why, why do you even want to sell this thing? It's like, it's a great business. <laughs> what are you doing trying to sell it to me? And it kind of shows that like, there's that trying to fill a void, which most people are trying to do with money and sales, but there was still something not there fulfilling you, I guess. Is it, am I repeating this back to you accurately? Yeah. Yeah. It's totally true. And I think it was also about giving myself permission to be me and like to put things into the business that I love, that I wouldn't mind sharing with people mm -hmm. as opposed to what I think they want to hear or what I think they're, it's going to sell, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the anti ask 
method. Right. <laughs> like, you know, and I hate to, I love Ryan Levesque, okay? He's in our master's. <laughs> so, like, but it's very, like, masculine almost, right? This is the antithesis of this because it's like, you know, Henry Ford even said, if I would have asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses and he would have never come up with the Model T. And I feel like through this reinvention process that I've gone through, you know, I was able to add things that I love into the business. And it was like, okay, you know, I was okay with it. I was giving myself permission and I wasn't once asking, well, are other people going to love this too? You know, I, I love this because the same thing with me. If you would have asked me before I launched this podcast, everyone on my list would have said more video stuff, more YouTube stuff. And that's great. And I, We'll still talk about video, video marketing and make awesome videos. But this podcast was of something that, number one, it was what I wanted to share and talk about. But it was also not from what they wanted, but what I truly believe they need, which is, you know, bold assumptions. But I looked at, hey, here's the stuff that made the difference for me. These are the things I want to talk about that I believe will make a difference for you. And there were a lot of people that didn't want to hear it. There are a lot of people that have left my list, like our list completely like broken half but then we, of course, attracted a whole new audience. And then, of course, there were those people in the middle that were like, I don't know about this stuff, James. Arms crossed. And now they're like, oh, well, when you say it that way, okay, I'm more open. I, I, I get what you're saying now. I just don't think I could still feel it's the same thing that you're saying, like fulfilled and happy in my business if it was all about just like, okay, they want to know what the latest camera is. Okay, great. I don't want to do that, but I'll go research it and make a video on it. And... I think that's a beautiful opportunity that we have today is like, I think for most people, when there's that message that you want to share, there's an audience out there for it that's willing to listen. Right. And I think when you come in alignment, you know, in my case, it was like just a lot of releasing of emotional, you know, what do you call it? Just emotional. I hate the word baggage, but like, (laughs) just like, you know, events from the past, even back to childhood, like the energy healing helped me become more in tune with myself and it helps me get realigned and realigned to my purpose and realigned to my business. And that's when I decided, you know what, my avatar is all wrong. And I rewrote my ideal avatar. It was no longer, you know, people who, you know, kind of want to get healthier and drink this strange green drink. It was, you know, people who are already healthy, you know, who like the kind of things that I do, who are achievers and optimizers. And, you know, they want to, they want to live a more fulfilled life. And so, you know, getting realigned to that and your tribe is you, you know, and I mean, almost in almost, all cases, like it tends to be that, especially in personality led brands and information products, you tend to attract people that are like you. And I I feel like that's what you've done, James, with this podcast is you kind of drew a line in the sand and you're like, this is what I stand for. This is who I am. This is who I want to attract. This is, these are the types of topics that are exciting to me. And people who are like me are going to find them exciting too. And look, there's a, a review that we have on our on the podcast for one of the early reviews. It got three stars. It's, it's not bad. It's not like a one star. But it's so, to me, is like I honor and love this review so much because it just like, it's this like representation of this 
shift or division in directions that I went in. And it's, and I've, I've posted it and everything and on like Instagram and stuff, but the title of the review says, I love James, but the show is way too woo woo. And it goes into like, I've always loved James Wedmore's YouTube videos for this podcast. However, is oversaturated with mystical, spiritual woo woo crystals, law of attraction, feng shui. I'm sorry, but you just can't build a business with this stuff, but it works for James and he's passionate about it. And I, I love that. It's like, yes, you know, there's this quote I've shared many times before. A lot of people have heard it before, but it's that whole idea of, you know, I don't know what the, this, the key to success is, but the key to failure is trying to please everyone. And that's not our goal. And it's, it's not something wrong or bad. Cause someone says, Hey, that's just not my cup of tea. To, you know, a pun intended. <laughs> and, but like, why would we, why would we spend our life not sharing what we want to share? You know, what's like authentic and aligned with us and what feels good. And when you do that and you're willing to take a stand, you give others permission to do the same yeah. thing. And that's a big reason why they follow you too. Which I, I think people don't get that, that people follow others Yes, for the content and like, oh, I learned so much from this person, but so much for what they represent, who they stand for, the characteristics and attributes that they aspire to be themselves, that they admire in someone else. And when you have that courage to be like, hey, not everyone agrees with this and, you know, everyone else is zigging, but I'm going to go ahead and zag and say this. That's why people will follow you. So you might as well do that. And this is something that I think you've seen this a lot, just being in this industry, it's not something that bugs me. It's just something that I, I hope none of my listeners here do this because it's just going to hurt you more than you realize is you'll see a lot of copycats for lack of a better term. People that will see someone else's niche or business or product and be like, oh, it worked for Christy. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Or, oh, that's the niche that he's in and he's making money. So I'm going to go do that. And I think people are missing the big fat point. It Maybe it didn't work. Like, cause someone could listen to this and be like, oh, Chrissy's crushing it with matcha. I'm going to go start a matcha tea business. It's like, maybe the reason it's working for Christy is because this is in alignment for her. When we, when we bring that passion conversation into it, if you don't know it, care about it, you're not passionate, you're not willing to do it day in and day out. How are you going to make that successful anyways? You know, have you, have you noticed that a lot that we have a lot of people that just yeah. kind of yeah and i've also noticed too it's like when i'm not in alignment with something no matter how hard i try i can't get it to work right even if on paper it like logically right. makes no this should oh, work right. yeah exactly yeah so i hope no one here is just like following or copying what others are doing because it worked for them find what works for you and do that otherwise like why would you want to spend the rest of your life just doing something you don't want to do because someone else did it before you, you know, I, that just doesn't make sense to me. Right. I mean, otherwise you just fall in this comparison trap. It's like what we kind of started out talking about is, you know, flipping through your Instagram feed and seeing picture perfect, you know, curated totally. photos and being a little jealous and then starting to go into their email funnel and saying, Oh, I need to do that. Mm -hmm. Cause clearly it's working. You know, you don't know if it's working. Yep. All you know is what your, front and backstage looks like and you're only seeing their front stage yeah. <laughs> and that's a small sliver of the yeah. whole picture it's an iceberg <laughs> yeah, it really is it. yeah I, but i love I, that distinction of front stage behind the backstage but it's like the front stage is like five percent i mean the backstage is like is everything 
you know, one picture posted a day is a millisecond of the 24 hours of a day that someone has in their life. We just don't know. We have, we don't know the hundred photos you had to take to get that one photo. (laughs) At least a hundred photos, right? Oh my gosh. That's so true. So what about someone else who might be like going through either a loss of passion, it's gone, something that they're doing, it feels mechanical and route to them, or maybe they just don't even have a direction anymore. Like you sound, you sound very focused and clear. You know, the direction of the brand, the business, you know, where you fit into that. And I think that's what, as entrepreneurs, that's what we're, we're seeking for lack of better words. It's like, it's clarity. What advice or thoughts do you have for someone who doesn't have that right now? A really good question. Yeah. And I feel like clarity is confidence. Like when you have clarity, you have confidence to move forward. Totally. And, you know, sometimes though, it's like that Martin Luther King quote, you know, I don't see the whole staircase. I only see the first step. And so it really is trusting yourself Mm -hmm. and getting to know yourself and becoming more self-aware like you, I'm a total personality test junkie. (laughs) So, you know, that's been very informative. And just for me, I think I grew up in a way where, you know, I was trying to please others. I was trying to live to other people's expectations of me. And I think, you know, in my particular case, you know, some people are like, they can have a little bit of a containment, like they can say, okay, well, that's what they think. And that's, you know, but I really had this ability to shape shift and become something different for somebody. But along the way, I lost who I really was. And so for me, it looked like really a lot of introspection, as well as just infusing more self-love and self-compassion. I feel like it's kind of a buzzword now, self-compassion. <laughs> yeah. and, right. But like, I think with achievers, especially people who just are, you know, they had a great day and it was a big win. And then the next day they've forgotten it and they're on to the next thing, that kind of thing. You know, it tends to also be because there's a little lack of self-compassion. There could be some, you know, talking, you know, in a punishing way. Like, I can't believe I did that. I'll do it better next time. You know, especially if you're into like optimizing things, it's like, oh yeah, I'll learn from next time. And you're like ruminating on the past. It's like, just let it go, you know? Right. It's just like, open yourself up to the fact that you did your best in the moment and you will continue to evolve and just having more self-compassion. And I think when I started to look at, you know, why am I a good person? Like, and this wasn't so long ago. I mean, when I really took inventory, it's like, yeah, like, I don't think I really love myself that much. And, and I think when you start to love yourself, you start to figure out what it is that you love to do. And then from there, you can reignite that passion. But how can you find passion if you don't even love yourself? How can you love other people if you don't love yourself? You know, so sometimes that's where you need to start. And it's easy to say, oh, I love myself. Yeah, sure. I love myself. But, you know, when I was doing energy work and stuff, there's just no way that you can get around it. It's like, 
especially when you have a coach who can do muscle testing on you and they're like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Like, like conceptually you get the idea, but that's not what's going on in the subconscious or in the body. Right. right. And being able to incorporate, you know, gratitude and, you know, thinking of five things you love about yourself and then diving deep on one of those things. I learned that from another mentor, Caroline Corner. And, you know, diving deep into one of those things, like one of the things I love about myself is I'm innovative. And then what it looks like to dive deep into one of those things is like, okay, well, how are you innovative as a parent? How are you innovative as a business strategist or as a friend? And what does that look like? And then all of a sudden you have this like really rich description and it gives you clarity as to the kind of person you are and what you like and what you don't like. So I come from a very extreme example of like, I literally shapeshifted, you know, yeah. like in my family, it wasn't appropriate to be an extrovert. And so I made myself into an introvert and it wasn't appropriate to express feelings. And so I made myself into a thinker. So, well, here's yeah. a, here's an interesting question for you. Who knows if, but this is just, just kind of coming up for me, but who knows if, if you can even answer this because you're saying like, you know, which I love, I'm a huge fan. This is just getting to know yourself, you know, know thyself. And then what I'm hearing is that there is like, there's the part of you that's changeable. Like you'd found yourself to adapt to your environment is like, Oh, it's not good to express emotions. So I'll suppress them. And on Myers-Briggs tests, I'll come out as a thinker. And now you've really like opened that up become more fully self-expressive. And so that's been like a changeable part. But then there's like this unchangeable part of us, right? Like getting to know yourself. There's like, whoa, this is the things that I'm really passionate about. Do you see a line? Do you see a difference? Is there like, is there like getting to know yourself? There's the parts that you can change. And then there's the parts of like who you are, who you'll always be that is unchangeable. Yeah, I think everyone comes to earth with preferences and things they like and love and things they don't like. And so, you know, and you can, you can also learn to love things, most likely not, but you can also learn to not like things, mm -hmm. you know? So I, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that like you have your divine self or your true self, and then you have your current self. And how aligned are you to your divine self? You know, who and, you're meant to be. And the divine self is almost like an un, the unchangeable. Yeah, it's it's like it represents your your future self, and you can be your divine self in present time too. I'm not saying that, but it's like sure. for a lot of people, myself included, like there's still a gap between my current self and my ideal self or my divine self, not even my ideal self. Cause that you get into optimizing and <laughs> achievement and stuff like that. Right. right. You can, ego can get in the way, but your divine self without the ego. Yeah. I've, I found through a lot of like rewiring of patterns, you know, through energy work, it's like you can heal your past. And when you heal your past, it affects your present and your future. Totally. So if you were having like, I remember this one time, this client said something to me and I was at a mastermind and I was just like, Oh, I'm so mad at this client. How dare they say that? And like, no, I'm so distracted. I can't even be present in the room. Uh, you know? And then and you're I, angry for them for that. Like it's their fault. Right, that you're, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like an automatic response to whatever it was, to whatever it was that they said. And then that's actually really interesting because Christian 
Michelson in our group, he did an energy healing on me. I don't know if you've ever done his instant miracle, but he did it. Like we were in the bar or something, you know, at one of the dinner parties and he did it on me and I felt a change. It was so weird. And that was like one of my first like woo experiences. And I was like, Whoa, Whoa. I felt that. And it like, it rewired something. And then when I went back to see what that client actually said, I didn't see it with the same eyes. Mm -hmm. It was totally different. It was like, they didn't even mean it that way, you know, but it's, it becomes such like an automatic response sometimes, especially if you're getting triggered. If that word comes in your mind, I'm getting triggered. That's probably a clue that it has nothing to do with the present situation. It has something to do with someone or something or some event in the past that needs to be healed. Yeah. And that's a good clue. Like your present moment and how you react to situations is a good clue into what needs to be healed. That's huge because once you healed that, you had a completely different experience where this person wasn't even coming off the way you thought they were before. Right. Before they were a jerk and how dare they say this. And now it was just like, oh, it's just a question that they're asking or something like that. I mean, another one that happened to me was like, you know, opening my email or even on Mondays, like getting that feeling in the pit of your stomach. It's like, what is that? That's not normal. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, maybe it's normal for a lot of people, but that's not how it needs to be. Should be, yeah. Or should be. Right. That's like, again, what was it about opening my email that was so dreadful or scary and healing that? And now it's like opening it up and no big deal, no emotional response whatsoever. Yeah. And it must have been because like at some point in the past, you know, you, or, or even in that moment, you're starting to think like, oh, this is going to dictate how my week goes or, oh, what if there's a client complaining or, oh, all these things that like, and you know, this is science, like neuroscience, like, you know, proven that one of the main functions of the brain, it spends so much time doing this is trying to predict the future. You've had that experience, Chrissy, where you're like walking downstairs and you think there's like one more step, but there isn't. And you have that weird, like your brain was trying to predict what was coming next. And so it's doing this all the time. So, hey, last time you checked your email on a Monday, you had all these problems and blah, blah, blah. So we're just going to assume that that's what's going to happen this Monday. And that's us living in living from our past far more than we realize. And I think this, you know. For most people, it is what it is. As an entrepreneur, when you realize that the very nature of what we do is creating from possibility, it's creating from a blank canvas, it's creating something brand spanking new that's never been in existence before, it's like we need to hold ourselves to such a higher standard of not creating from the past and not creating from the problems that have happened, you know, yesterday and the day before 10 years before 20 years before right and i think you're just going to see a direct correlation and we've talked about this on past episodes but direct correlation to an increase in performance when you're not triggered by everything even little stuff from the past like am i going to get a crappy email this morning so yeah that's that's huge yeah and sometimes it's in your subconscious like sometimes you don't even know why you're triggered by your email it could be like Like, you know, when you were three years old, you didn't live up to your dad's expectation or your mom's expectation. And, and now it's like, Oh, opening my email. Am I going to live up to people's expectations? Gosh, right. Like, do you, I got to ask this, like knowing as much as you do about 
like how much of our view of the world gets shaped, created and shaped at a young age, you know, nurture and nature. Do you ever like, I know you don't have any more, you've healed the like stories of, of, uh, I'm not good enough as a mom or I won't be a good enough mom. But do you ever like kind of just have those thoughts of like, my kids are going to get effed up by something I say or do, you know, and they're going to make it mean something. And it's going to like their whole world will get distorted by that. Does that ever like cross your mind? Uh, It has. And I just remind myself, look, I turned out okay, you know, and you know, that's looking on the bright side of things. Of course, like I could say, Oh yeah, my parents effed me up or whatever, but it's not true. I love my parents. And like, I think whatever happened to me was, you know, something that led to growth. It led to the person that I am today. Any past failure, any past broken relationship, anything, any disappointment, it all created who I am today and made me stronger. Yeah. Because I'm still here. Well, I love, I love that perspective. I'm always a big fan of that. So anyways, I want to be mindful of time. So first and foremost, thank you again so much for taking the time to chat here with me and being away from your family and your business to spend time here. Where can we go to learn more about you and what you do, Christy? Yeah. So you can go to epicmasha.com. And on that website, we have a really cool energy type quiz that you can take that will help you identify some ways that you can customize your, your morning rituals. And we have an awesome ritual box that we're creating and launching very shortly here. And that really is cool. That's kind of what I was referring to in the, and previously is that it took some of the things that I love, like crystals and oils and, you know, the holistic modalities of India, Japan, and China and being Ayurvedic medicine and, and Reiki and Chinese herbal medicine and even some principles of feng shui and things like that. So it's really combining all of these fun healing modalities that I've been learning over the last few years and, and sharing it with the world so they can live a better life, live an epic life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's epicmatcha.com. And guys, we'll link that up in the show notes for you as well. So you can get there even quicker. Okay. Any final thoughts or comments before we wrap it up? Yeah, good question. I think, you know, for me, what I've learned is that in life, it's not these grand sweeping changes that paint your life story. It's the constant continual actions and rituals of those small and simple strokes that can lead to big transformation you know, those simple intentional acts that can have a ripple effect on the rest of your life. That's what I feel like is the message of this brand, Epic Matcha, and one of my big messages to share with the world and to not, you know, not get caught up in, you know, the failures or the big things that happened in life. You know, it's, it's every day is a new day. And at the beginning of every day, you have a chance to rewrite the past and rewrite the future and to be present and create a a big ripple effect from the little things that you do. And part of your message, which I love is the small things are really the big things. Right. But I'm also hearing that the things that we think are the big things, the failures, the, the letdowns, all those things 
are also small things that we shouldn't yeah. be. It's, it's a speck on the windshield. Like I, like I have this really interesting, can I just share like one last story? Sure. Oh yeah. So I had this experience. I was journaling one day and I had a couple crappy things happen that day. And I started to write down all the amazing things that were also happening and just like huge, like big things that, you know, maybe may have been months in, in the making or years in the making, but they were all kind of starting at the same time. And I actually drew a box around it and it looked like a windshield. And I just thought of it as, you know, these two crappy things that happened were kind of like flies on the windshield. Mm. They're little specks, you know, and that was like my present moment, what was happening, right? But if you look at, you know, the grand scheme of your life, you know, they really are even smaller specks. So, I mean, I've gone through failures. I've started over, you know, business ideas and, you know, I've failed at even starting a family. Like I've failed at some big mm. things, you know, but still those are such small moments and they don't have to define you. Yeah. Amen to that. I love that. Well, thank you, Christy. Appreciate you coming on so much. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We'll see you all here next week on the Mind Your Business podcast. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.